2: And now, from the Daytona Beach News Journal.
1: And he is a lap away from the checkered flag in the Daytona 500. The voice of NASCAR. Austin Dillon wins the 60th running of the Great American
2: Race. Daytona Motor Miles with Ken Willis and Godwin Kelly.
3: Hey, y'all. Godwin Kelly here uh no ken willis no can do ken willis today he has uh flown the coop he's gone i believe he has crossed the border he is nowhere to be found so if you're looking for ken willis you're not going to find him here in spirit you'll find him here how's that
4: i think he's at an In-N-Out Burger right now <laughs> he sent me a picture of
3: one I've never had an In and Out burger, but I hear it's they're fantastic. But I think it's kind of like um, it's kind of like back when I was younger and you couldn't buy cores, and so there was a mystique to cores. You know, there's a mystique to the In and Out burger because it's a totally out west franchise owned by one company, and the girl's about your age that owns it. And,
4: you
3: think she makes as much money as I do? And she and the company grosses about a billion dollars a year. Oh,
4: she's close.
3: <laughs> well, anyway, this is Daytona Motor Mouse, and uh, we have for today a special guest, uh, Buzz McKim, who is the former historian from NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte, North Carolina, and you also had the same job at Daytona International Speedway before you left us. You left me in a pool of tears when oh, you left. Oh, sorry. And uh, went up there for about a, 10 years, and now you're back. He's back. Yeah. He's back. Buzz is back. So, anyway, Buzz, it's great having you in the pod today. Well, thank you, buddy. This is like uh, old home week here, you know? Us getting together, old Daytona boys, after yeah. all those years. Yep. And so uh, we've got a jam-packed show here. Um, Let me just run down a few of the topics. We had a race here in Daytona uh, last week, and uh, it was quite spectacular. uh, From Friday night's Xfinity Series race to the checkered flag of the – Coke Zero Sugar 400. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think one. about that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Coke Zero Sugar 400. So um, there was just all kinds of action. Um, we'll talk about Ricky Stenhouse Jr., mm-hmm. what he did during the 400. Um, we'll go back to Friday night. Poor old Elliot Sadler. He keeps finishing second here at Daytona. And I swear to goodness, we got a clip of him. He sounds just like you. <laughs> yeah, he, right. Yeah. Poor guy. And then um, we'll talk a little bit about Eric Jones. That's Eric with a K. C. Is it K? Yeah. It is K. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Sure, I should know this. Eric. Yeah, that's right. Eric with a K. Okay. Um, it's
4: not
3: history <laughs> yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and we have clips from, uh, of course, Sadler. Martin Truex, Joe Gibbs, the coach, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about Kentucky, which is this race this week, so let's just uh, put the key in the ignition, let's turn it, fire this mama up.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to
1: Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Okay, we're back. What do you know? What do you know? Daytona Takeaways. Daytona Takeaways. Boy, that was a lot of stuff going on this weekend at Daytona. Um, did you watched the race, both races, right? Oh, yeah, sure did. Okay. All right. So Friday night in the, oh, gosh, Coca-Cola, Firecracker 250. I got that mm-hmm. right, didn't I? Firecracker. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: That's
3: a good one. Mm, going back to the old days. Yeah. So that's first reference. Second reference, I'm just going to say Firecracker. There you go uh in the firecracker race um uh, what a what a weird finish have you ever seen that before
2: no no that was pretty bizarre and i mean the kid came out of nowhere yeah, i don't think the, either one of uh you know uh larson and the kid's name is justin haley right 19 years old Right, he's been messing around in the trucks for a while right uh showing you know pretty you know pretty good showing of himself but man this deal saturday night was remarkable yeah but um you know when uh when larson started kind of coming down a bit and i believe it was larson on the inside right yeah that it was larson and Sadler. yeah but um yeah, you know, I mean, he probably, Haley, instinctively kind of you know, jerked the wheel to the left to keep from getting hit, but it, it drove him below the line. Right. And NASCAR said, you can't do that. And Haley evidently had not been reading his handbook. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, he's 19. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So uh, if it's not on the internet, you're probably not going to know any better. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing about that finish was that he actually had the room just to stay in, in bounds. Yeah, that's the sad part, but yeah. he certainly made a
2: name for himself, and yeah. I think folks are
3: going to be paying attention. Yeah, so um, part of the uh, the uh, so what they did and, and I had a NASCAR person just sit down with me and explain you know, what they did and uh, what I was told was that Haley was black flagged. Oh. And so he, he was moved from first place to the last car in the lead lap okay so he went from first to 18th oh the poor kid that yeah just like that there we go and uh so that left so nascar had to go back and review the the video of second and third because that was the battle for the victory (laughs) and (laughs) poor old poor old elliot sadler this happened in february right I,
4: I, I wrote about that race it was the closest finish
3: ever yeah mm, yeah so uh poor old elliot sadler uh he was like you know what an eyelash away from yeah. from uh who won that race larson? Larson. yeah larson yeah okay so kyle larson won the race he was declared the winner and uh it, it was like elliot's elliot sadler's like fifth second place finish in xfinity at daytona and he was just sad he was so down and you just i know we're not supposed to be you know we're supposed to remain unbiased and all that but you had to feel for this guy and so we have a little just a little taste of uh what are you talked about in the media center after that uh, firecracker 250 finish
4: uh this one hurts um you know, I don't, I don't know how many more restrictor plate races I have. I'll be able to race, you know, in my career. And to lose the one like we did in February, so close, and then uh, to feel like we're in the right spot again. And, uh, you know, we were really paying attention to Kyle and trying to figure out what he was doing off a of four. And he was running into my door a lot and trying to slow me down. And I was trying to leave myself room to get away from him. And then uh, it was just a breakdown in communication that the 24 was coming on the bottom. You know, I could have definitely made a block there and got some momentum. But um, that hurts to lose two races at Daytona, you know, that close. I think that's uh, three or four seconds in a row here for me. So, um, like I said, it's, I mean, it's been a tough day for me. You know what made it even harder for him was because earlier in the day, and he said that, was that his, his longtime sponsor in the Xfinity Series, one main financial, said, we're done after this year so elliot you know who's long been known as one of the best xfinity drivers out there you know jr motorsports guy Mm -hmm. he's now scrambling for sponsorship at 42 years old and (laughs) and then he loses daytona like that after a a couple days like he had it was a i i'd probably be a little dejected too oh yeah that's tough pill to swallow yeah but
2: you know he holds a record that no one is ever going to break um, we had done a, a deal for the, the magazine for the Hall of Fame of uh, unusual food at different racetracks. And the South Boston Speedway in Virginia is known for their bologna burgers. Well, it seems that when Elliot was in high school, he ate 16 or 18 bologna burgers during one race meet in honor of his brother Hermes. Car number Wow And uh, huh. obviously He survived <laughs> But I don't burger. Bologna I've never burger heard of a Bologna yeah, burger Yeah they're pretty bizarre Have You had one? Uh, yeah they're, they're not bad Either you love them Or you hate them Yeah Yeah but well, I mean I You can imagine. get them Just in all kinds Of different forms And But anyway He, he set that record And it probably Will never be broken
4: I, I'm not going to break it <laughs> What track is that?
2: South Boston Speedway It's the Sadler And the Burtons Home track Okay
4: mm-hmm. cool. So if you want A Bologna burger Yeah you know who could use a bologna burger after this weekend? Hmm. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? That is a beautiful segue. How's that yeah, for a segue? Yeah. Wow. Just keep rolling. Keep going. Uh,
2: keep yeah. rolling. Well, he's, you know, he's not going to get very many uh, Christmas cards this year. No,
4: I don't think he's going to be getting any bologna burgers either from any of the drives. I, t- I said during the race, I think the Bush brothers were waiting in his hauler for him after the race. Because two people who were pissed off at Ricky Stenhouse Jr. were the Bush brothers. Mm. Um I don't know. What what was your take on that? Did did you think that both – here's where I stood. I think Ken and Godwin are probably – the same thing. I thought the first wreck was more on William Byron. than yes, Ricky Stenhouse. And I said during the race, I was sitting next to Ken and I looked at him when William Byron took the lead and I said this is going to be an issue because William Byron doesn't know how to lead a plate race. He's mm-hmm. 20 years old, has never led a plate race and now he's leading at Daytona. Mm-hmm. He's going to do something stupid and sure enough he went and threw a block on Keselowski that I thought was a lap 200 block, not a lap 50 block right. and, and it kind of was just a chain effect from there.
2: Yeah, yeah I don't think he can put the whole uh, uh, weight of the situation on Stenhouse. I think he was probably just a uh, a victim of the
3: situation. Yeah, I agree. But, (laughs) (laughs) however, however, 15 laps later. Yeah, uh, I can't defend him on that. No, Um, he came and got into, I mean, he got into Kyle Busch and put Kyle Busch in the wall and then it also took out another car. Uh, I think, the leader, yeah, the leader, yeah, which to, I think was Byron, wasn't it? Byron, yeah. Byron. right. And uh, so that that one was on on little Ricky. I got it. Mm-hmm. I got to mm-hmm. tell you. <laughs> and um, so anyway, um, that was all very interesting. Uh, you know, his aggressive driving. You know, he won two races last year being aggressive, but I think he just was pushing it. Uh, you know that one ounce too much hmm. uh, on saturday
2: night hmm. one and then, ounce and then there was a couple of other things that he was involved in not his fault but he was caught up in it he was he was a tired guy i'm sure at the end of the uh, race
4: <laughs> Yeah, he uh, well he was Larson cut a tire and took him out, and yep. then he got back in, and then was involved in the other crash after had a Boyer on the last lap. That's
3: <laughs> he right. Was all over the place. <laughs> and I wonder if uh, Eric Armorola ever got his tire back. You know, I and think up. Up. Oh, I think boy. that's a record, isn't it? Buzz? Oh, that yeah. Was about a mile, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, it was pretty good. In fact, it passed him. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to believe. That'd make a nice souvenir in somebody's uh, man cave, don't yeah. you yeah.
3: think? Yeah. So Eric Armorola lost his left rear wheel on the hub. It was still had the the wheel. It wasn't just the tire; it was the wheel, yeah. mm-hmm. and it rolled all the way through the east uh, banking. Yep, into the trial. So, and it was standing up. It didn't because it had weight. Mm. It never fell over. So, <laughs> I wanted to give that thing like a salute to you, sir. <laughs> you know. <laughs> all right. Well, that's yeah. it for uh, what do you know? And now we're on to our next. Brilliant segment.
4: Brilliant. Go get that.
0: <laughs> Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to
1: "Where Secrets Go to Die: The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan" from the Detroit Free Press. A new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: All right, we're back. You'll get that in big-time auto racing. Um, yeah, this is uh, Ken Willis' description of this segment. You'll get we'll that get in yeah. big-time auto racing. So um, what we got Saturday night was... A guy who had been in one of the big one accidents... what well, we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Eric, Eric Jones. Mm-hmm. And his car got beat up, but as fate would have it, he was the last Gibbs car. Joe Gibbs has four cars every race. Uh, can you name the drivers?
4: Of course. Eric Jones, Dennis Suarez, Matt Kenseth. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Denny Hamlin and yeah. uh, Kyle yeah. Busch having a pretty good year.
3: Very good. Okay, so... Three of those four were knocked out. I mean, they were off the track. They were not participating in the Coke Zero Sugar 400.
4: Kyle <laughs> oh, Hooks tweeted that him and Samantha were on their way home. I think they were driving down the road, he said. So they were uh, they were all gone. Oh, my god, Long gosh. gone by then.
3: So um, Eric Jones is left to do battle with the defending cup series champion <laughs> i mean even on on that restart would you have put money on jones
4: no, no 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 i i i thought once truex cleared casey kane and everybody i thought he was because i thought he had the best car all night mm-hmm. he was one of the he was the cars that kept dropping back and was like able to drive back up to the front with no help which right. mm-hmm. Doesn't happen at Daytona, so uh, for as bad of a restrictive plate racer as he's been, he had a car to win, I thought, once he cleared it, you know, mm-hmm. Keese Kane's not passing him, and mm-hmm. Eric Jones was an afterthought. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. So, uh, they, Jones got a run on him on the very last lap, which was 207, yeah. or not 207, 167, because it was seven laps overtime. Uh, you know, and you don't have to pay extra for that, by the yeah, way. So oh. That's free racing. That's hey. free racing. Hey. Nice. Yeah. And uh, so they got a run, he won, and uh, hooray, you know, we got a, one of these young guys finally winning. Uh, so do you think this – I'm going to ask Buzz. Do you yeah. think this opens the door now to these young guys? Absolutely. I
2: think everybody's just been waiting for that, that first the first guy to, to, to make the big time. And uh, you've got so much talent now, and uh, I think that uh, – That's one thing with, you know, one of the problems, I think, with NASCAR is that these kids have not had a chance to develop a a fan base. It used to be where, you know, any of the other guys would come in. They were in their late 20s, 30s. They've been racing for 10 years. They brought a fan base with them. These guys don't. So I think this could be the start of some really good stuff. I like to be optimistic. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So we're going to segue from that into more Young Gun Talk. And this was by um, the International Speedway Corporation, which owns Daytona International Speedway. I don't want to say that three times in a row. Uh, they had their quarterly financial conference call. And uh, ISC President John Saunders. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Saunders. That's right. Um he was talking about, you know, we're doing this right. We're doing this. We're trying to make this better, blah, blah, blah. And in the course of his discussion, he said this. I'm going to have you read that that part there.
4: This highlighted part right yeah, here? Yeah. I don't have a voice like Willie does, though. It's Go deep. announce Go deep. Just... Well, he says um, they're asking him about the lack of star power and, and what's been going on. You know, with with races. Number one, I'm sure any financial uh, quarterly report in NASCAR these days goes really well. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's a positive one, right? Uh, whether he, he says weather was an important part, but all in all, the attendance was a little bit softer than expected. He said of their second quarter investor. Uh, on the investor call we still have an issue with star power and hopefully this stable of young drivers coming along will start to win and build their brands Mm -hmm. which as you can imagine uh, made the older guys really happy
3: (laughs) ooh now the fact that you mentioned that we have a clip that just blends right into that yeah And it's mr segway today yeah it? it's amazing <laughs> i know he's my segway man i see um so uh, martin truex jr who's i think 38 ish mm-hmm. yeah uh been doing really well the last three years with uh, furniture row racing um he finished second and uh, they asked him about eric jones winning the race and eric jones beating him in the 400 Saturday night and he made reference to this comment that was on the isc financial conference call we'll play that right now
1: good news is it's still one piece so uh i feel good about that but um you know definitely congrats to eric and his team they've been fighting hard to get to where they're at and uh, you know always good to see a first-time winner you know maybe isc and uh, those guys can be a little bit happier about things.
3: So uh, the NASCAR drivers do read the financial reports, you know. They're they're they stay uh, they stay up on that stuff, man. I'm telling you.
2: You know, one thing about Eric Jones, it, you, you saw the car, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, being an auto racing artiste and past designer of winning race cars, you don't use gray. On a race car That's like the worst color in the world Just my opinion
4: You know, that's a good point Because you don't see it a lot No You you think to all these paint schemes right now Right you don't see a lot of great cars out there. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the uh, the great car that I remember the old uh, Toyota, uh, the old uh, Red Bull Toyotas. Remember those when they first brought it? Yeah, them? yeah. Like Brian Vickers '83, that yeah. was a great car. you don't see a lot of great cars anymore. Well, no, there nope. is that exception though. The Grey Ghost.
2: The Grey Ghost. ghost. Oh, okay, but that that was kind of silverish though, wasn't Silver it? Was it? Black. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. W- which a great looking car? Yeah. But this was like. No, Great.
4: Do you not do that just because it doesn't look good on TV, or
2: what? Well, it's just not a good racing color, yeah. you know. Now I heard something very interesting the other day, going back a ways. Do um, you remember when Bobby Allison drove the '68 Charger, number 22, metallic blue sides, gold hood, roof, and trunk? Right. All right. Well, then he came out with the red charger hood roof and trunk dodge went to mario rossi the owner of the car and said you have to repaint that car because you can't see it on the racetrack and what little tv there was he said you can't see it on tv so that's why they changed from the blue to the red on bobby allison's race cars how see, about I like that
4: that stuff i don't know why because willis hates it Paint schemes fascinate me. I love paint. Chase Elliott came out with his Darlington throwback paint scheme yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, but it's an homage to his cousin, whose name I forget. You probably.
2: Oh uh, yeah, uh, Is it Casey or something. Casey. Like that? He passed away from cancer early on. Yeah. Well,
4: Chase Elliott, he's going to run one of Casey's schemes. Um, from way back when for the darlington race in, in september and i gotta show you this car it's all it's all yellow i mean look at this thing it's an all Whoa. yellow paint scheme blue stripe i mean look at that thing yeah you can't tell me it's not a good painting yeah. i don't know why but that that i could talk NASCAR car paint schemes all day mm-hmm. and then it, it annoys willis because willis th- <laughs> thinks that there's too many nowadays it, yeah. all the cars look different every week i i love yeah. that but people don't like it i don't know why yeah
3: will well, keep Sam Bass busy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing about it is, uh, actually, Willis has a pretty good idea about, you know, as the sport's being retooled, to assign a color scheme to each team so that the cars are identifiable. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you had no problem recognizing the petty car. Right. You had no problem recognizing the Wood Brothers car, and that's kind of what he's th- in, in his mind: mm-hmm. is you need the team colors, right? And people can follow along a lot easier. They know where their car is at any given time. Yeah. Well, so many times the sponsor calls the shots. Oh, Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah that's the problem.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of sponsors,
4: <laughs> hey, hey, I you I hey, huh? hey
3: what my, what a team we My on, two right. Segway men. Um, you know they had. Uh, the coach, Joe Gibbs, in because his driver won, so he was with uh, his driver in the in the winner's interview after the race Saturday, and um, they were talking about this and that. He was answering questions about you know this and that and the other and all that, and there was one surprising thing he said, which caught me by surprise in the tone of his voice. Um, And he was talking about Denny Hamlin. And I believe Denny Hamlin, um, I did some, like, preliminary Google research. (laughs) I didn't quite finish. But I believe he's the only guy right now that has one main sponsor for all races. And it's FedEx in some form Wow, there's FedEx Express there's FedEx ground there's FedEx this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's FedEx FedEx is on his car every week mm-hmm. and he's the last guy. there's nobody else and so that FedEx money is like super important for Joe Gibbs racing because mm-hmm. that's like you know it's it's there it's there to help the whole program and denny hamlin has not won a this here and so um they asked joe gibbs about okay so you got kyle bush he's won five you got your kid eric jones he's got his win now what about your other guys and so he, he gave this answer about denny hamlin in the uh post-race interview chilling and denny I know Denny's in good spot with the points and everything, but you know we need to, and he knows we need to win races for FedEx. We need we need to get that done. I think we need to play that again because I only got minor goosebumps.
2: <laughs>
3: I think if we hear it twice, I'll get major goosebumps. And Denny, I know Denny's in good spot with the points and everything, but. You know, we need to, and he knows, we need to win races for FedEx. We need to get that done. Okay, so what do you think about that?
4: You notice that he didn't say we need to get Denny in victory lane, we need to get FedEx
3: in victory lane. (laughs) Right, (laughs) exactly. It's a tiny little quote that has so much information behind it. it. It just shows you the pressure these guys are under. To win, you, I mean, you can finish top five all year. you got to win. Some of these sponsors want to see that car in victory lane. That's what it comes down to. You're right. All right. So that's it for uh, you'll get that in big-time auto racing. We got it. Yeah. So we're going to move on to our last segment, and we'll be
0: right back. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, –
3: Yeah, we saw that uh, a couple times there. At, we saw uh, a wave one time, and then both got <laughs> in the back and put right before they made the race
2: official.
4: So <laughs> it's waving though yeah. to Kentucky. Kentucky. Uh, speaking of, uh, ju- just to put a bow on our great segue, speaking of Denny Hamlin. Uh, you picked Danny Hamlin to win in Kentucky this week was that because of this because of that
3: there is now a fire under his uh, driver's seat yeah. there's and it was set by the car owner Joe Gibbs Joe Gibbs has lit the fire under Denny Hamlin saying uh, it's great you got all the points in the world to get in the playoffs but we need a win son yeah.
4: well Danny might win, but I think one of the things for certain, now that we've left Daytona, the, the last big wild card of the season until Talladega, you can pretty much guarantee that uh, the big three will be back, all in full force. Harvick, Bush, and Martin, well, Turek was there last week, but big three will be there. Uh, Larson will be there. And then, uh, Yeah. Take your pick for whoever wants to challenge those guys. could mm-hmm. be Denny Hamlin. Won't be a Hendrick guy. I'll, I'll go ahead and go on a limb and say that right now. Won't be one of my uh, bow ties unless it's Kyle Larson. Man,
2: I, I was, I was going to say Chase Elliott.
4: I would love it yeah. to be Chase Elliott. No one, no one in this room, yeah. probably in this town, wants it to be Chase Elliott more than I do. But here's my problem. is that Chase Elliott wasn't very good at Kentucky in the, in, in the old cars. Mm. So I'm not sure why he's going to be great in these new cars, which no one besides Kyle Larson can get their hands around. So that would be nice, but uh, he needs it because Eric Jones winning was not good for Chase Elliott or any of the Hendrick guys because they're one one spot closer to that cutoff now. Yep.
3: Well, you, you know what's, um, what's weird is on paper, you look at Chevrolet and Daytona this past weekend, you, and you think, wow, they did great. Yeah. They won the poll. <laughs> They had three cars in the top five. Chevrolet's back, baby. And then you look <laughs> at the names, and it's like, who are these people?
4: Cain, uh, Cain, it was Kane. Uh, uh, who else was AJ? it? Uh, Al- AJ. Allmendinger, yeah. who always finished in the top five at Daytona just because he somehow maneuvers around the wrecks.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and Chris, Buescher. And Chris yeah.
4: Buescher. Three guys. He will not be uh, in the top five until possibly Talladega. Uh,
2: uh, right. uh, now, you know, traditionally – during most of his championships the uh jimmy johnson didn't really turn it on until after daytona right. the second daytona hey maybe this is going to be his breakaway uh,
4: no we, you know yeah. what's interesting about jimmy is if you watch the tv broadcast and i didn't hear it because i was inside but apparently when he took the lead junior said that the crowd went wild when jimmy mm. took the lead in daytona which i'm not surprised i think i think jimmy used to be like and, and i'm kind of partly the, uh, responsible as well so I, I felt this way. Back when Jimmy was winning kind of like Kyle Bush is or, mm. or Truex or Harvick right now, Jimmy was kind of hated. Yeah. And now that he's kind of gone and in the opposite direction, he's like the old guy who's trying to get one more championship run, <laughs> people love him now. People really like I think Jimmy Johnson's fan is fan supporters through the roof compared to what it used to be and I think junior hit on that. Mm-hmm. I think people are rooting for Jimmy right now. I would love to see Jimmy win again. I yeah. was rooting for Jimmy the other night. I would I I would love to see Jimmy get back to a, a, a shell of what
2: he was. I think it's kind of human nature that people love to see the mighty fall. Yeah, But now, you know, they have a little sympathy left for him too. Come on, let's let's see if we can help now this guy. out. the underdog. Yeah.
4: When the, was Jimmy Johnson the underdog? People loved to root for an underdog. Exactly. People would love that.
3: Yeah, you know, this takes me back to the uh, All Star race at Charlotte when Rusty Wall spun out Daryl Waltrip. Oh yeah, and uh, people were booing Rusty really bad. And then Daryl Waltrip had his famous quote. Do you remember it? I hope he chokes on that
2: hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, and of course, up to that time, Daryl was always the bad guy. Yeah, he, he got most popular driver that year. Yeah, By the strength of that one spin.
3: That changed his whole. The, the way people looked at him, that changed the way people looked at him. That one race, that one incident. Yeah. So I think there's something to what you're saying.
4: Speaking of popular driver, Junior also said he doesn't think Chase is a lot for the popular driver because he thinks Jimmy could compete for it now.
3: Wow.
4: Think about that. Could you imagine if Jimmy Johnson, what, at, at almost at, at 42 years old, <laughs> or 40 years old, takes over post popular driver? from chase elliott I mean, the first time an elliott or an Earnhardt had one popular most popular driver in three decades was jimmy johnson yeah that's it i mean that, that would be you talk about something that you didn't expect four or five years ago yeah. good god that may be the only way it gets to the banquet yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. yeah but to you know, see if these new fans realize all the drama that's going on right now this could be the start of something big
4: all Right. Yeah. well i'm i'm sure nascar cool. hopes so mm-hmm. Yeah. One more clip, got one.
3: Well, I got one more clip. Um, they had Josh Turner perform the pre-race concert. Turn the
4: lights down low. Is that
1: him? <laughs> I don't know. I think
3: it is. I'm not familiar. Is him or Dirk Spantley? I don't know. Uh. But uh, there was a funny question they asked him, and I was like, these uh deep voice country singers we had trace atkins on oh boy yeah and uh, nobody goes deeper than trace yeah i mean he's like uh one of those mini subs that can go to the (laughs) floor of the ocean i mean he goes way deep um so josh turner was asked um about his favorite driver you know he's only i think he's 41 or 42 Uh he's grown up with the sport he was born in south carolina um and he had a very surprising answer to this question. So we'll go ahead and play Josh Turner on his favorite driver.
1: Anybody you're pulling for tonight, um, or do you have a favorite driver?
0: Um not nowadays, but uh, the guy that I grew up kind of rooting for was Cale Yarborough. He was kind of a hometown, you know, boy um, where I'm from, South Carolina. And uh, he was just a, a colorful character and, and still is. And uh, I don't think he won this race four times, uh, even the year that I was born. So, uh, you know, Cale always been my, my favorite.
3: Cale Yarborough, South Carolina. Got to love you, him. The you've got to have a story about Cale Yarborough. Come on.
2: Cale Yarborough. Well, when he went to Indianapolis the first time back in 1966, you know, they like to jerk the NASCAR boys around. So, of course, you got your fiberglass helmets, right? Well, Cal, they sent Cal over to the Magnaflux hut to get his helmet Magnafluxed, which only works on metal. Yeah. <laughs> That was his indoctrination into USAC. <laughs> well,
3: the one story I remember him—he uh, won when he won his first Daytona 500, and he came back to uh, to where do you live? Uh, 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 Timminsville. Timminsville, South Carolina. Right. And uh, so the next day he went to the school district huh. or the school he went to, and he wrote him a check, and he says, "I, I don't want any kid not to have lunch." Wow. That's cool, and uh, that started a tradition uh, that I guess is old. You know, remains uh, alive today because he grew up poor, poor as a, you know a river rat, mm-hmm. and uh, so he didn't want any kid to have to go through what he did. And he took part of his winnings from that race and marched over there and said, you know, I want every kid that can't afford lunch to get lunch from now on. So that's one of those little things you never hear about yeah you know? Know? but that's a champion though yeah
2: you know it's funny he was never actually from Timminsville he was from Sardis and Sardis is a real tiny little wide spot on the road and the only reason he said Timminsville is because that was the only town in the area that had a, a post office otherwise he couldn't get his mail <laughs> but he never actually lived in Timminsville
4: funny. <laughs> hmm. Well I'm sure NASCAR enjoyed Josh Turner saying didn't have a favorite driver right no. now no. All the- <laughs> All the hard pushes they're doing to try to present these young guys. John, yeah, I don't really like anybody. He, he's See, Josh
3: Turner's like everybody else is waiting for the young guys to start winning. Maybe he'll like Eric Jones yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Maybe he'll like mm-hmm. Eric Jones. I'm sure he'll sure like Steve O'Donnell or whoever wanted to go and just tackle him after he said that <laughs> off the podium.
2: Well, what they're going to have to do now is is submit a form for the entertainers to fill out before they get the okay to do the pre race. And,
4: and, and under their favorite drivers, the they have to be under twenty five. Hmm. It's it's either got to be Logano on down. You can't pick anybody higher than that. <laughs> wow. Okay.
2: Hmm. I like that.
3: All right. So we're at the end of our uh, podcast here. Yep. Do um, oh, you have man. any closing thoughts, Mr. Buzz McKim, NASCAR historian extraordinaire?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, we all love racing. It's part of our life. It's in our blood. Uh, you, you, you don't get hurt if you if you don't jump off a roller coaster, right? You just ride it. And it's going to be okay. You know, just hang in there. It, you know, the sport isn't going anywhere. It's just trying to find itself now. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it is on high alert but um you got to believe that it's going to work itself out in the next few years
4: just don't ride the roller coaster over on the pier if you're going to ride one speaking (laughs) of advice (laughs) my parting thought yeah um i i I know everybody wants to think that the jones winning this weekend is going to magically turn things around for the young guns but um we're going to kentucky now another mile and a half and uh the mile and a half at Kentucky isn't quite the uh, the wild card restrictor plate race that Daytona is. So as much as I'd like to see it, like I said earlier, I think you're going to see uh, the big three back in full force this weekend. And um, as much as I would like to see a young gun win, I'm, I'm thinking it's, it's a rowdy bush weekend personally. For
3: me. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, my final thought is going back to Coach Gibbs, and I think we're going to see the 11 car in Victory Lane within, by the end of the month. Okay. Uh, New Hampshire
4: is a good track for him.
3: Well, I'm going to tell you what, uh, that fire was built Saturday night, and it's being stoked as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) So
2: uh, Denny's feeling the heat. Yes,
3: yes, (laughs) because his name wasn't mentioned. His sponsor name was mentioned. Mm -hmm. We need to win for FedEx. Denny knows that. All right. So, anyway, thank you, Buzz, for joining us yeah, today. It was wonderful. Thank Dad, you. Dean, I appreciate you sitting in for Ken Willis. And, Ken Willis, you're a real rat for not being here, but we still love you. This is Godwin Kelly. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Daytona Motor Mouths. To reach the program, please visit
2: DaytonaMotorMouths.com or follow on Twitter at NASCAR Daytona or Facebook at NASCAR Daytona. And thanks for joining us. Daytona Motor Mouths is a production of the Daytona Beach
0: News Journal. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.
1: Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula.